listening to the Super Fantasy Brothers from Next Season Sports Media. Hello and welcome into Super Fantasy Bros Podcast. This is a podcast where some super bros talk fantasy football. I'm your host, Drew Wade, joined today by my beautiful co-host, Camel Dino, the Cameron Reed. How are you doing today? You're far too kind. I'm not beautiful, uh, but you are. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be uh, back in the recording studio doing another podcast with my boy Drew. Oh, yeah. The recording studio is the place to be, uh, although somewhere I haven't been as much of late as I'd like to be. But here we are starting the Super Fantasy Bros podcast. Let's kick it over to our third host, Shady. Oh, he's not here today. <laughs> Come on, Shady. Shady. Where are you at? Couldn't be here today for the pilot episode of the show, unfortunately. Um, we tried to find a day that all three of us could get together, but... We the season is fast approaching, and we wanted to make sure we get some content out to you, lovely people, before that happens. So, uh, just me and Cameron today uh, for your listening mm-hmm. pleasure. Uh, Cameron, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and tell us what gives you the right to host a fantasy podcast? Well, my name is Cameron. As uh, Drew has said a couple of times now, um, I come from the land of Smyrna, Tennessee. Just to the southeast of the great city of Nashville. Uh, go Preds. You must be a huge Titans and, uh, fan, then. Uh, huge Titans fan. If by huge Titans fan, you mean huge New England Patriots fan. <laughs> that would be correct. A mm. um, little background on that, I guess, is probably helpful, just so you don't hate me automatically. Um, you'll still hate me anyways. But I just like to explain myself before anybody jumps on and attacks me. My dad is an Oakland Raiders fan. He grew up in San Mateo, California. Um, and so when I was a kid, I just was kind of like, your sports team doesn't matter. You just pick whoever you want. Because I didn't know he was from San Mateo mm. as a kid. I just knew we lived very close to the Tennessee Titans, and he was still a Raiders fan. So I picked the Patriots because on NFL 2K5, great game. They used to make 2K NFL games, if you don't believe me. Terrell Owens was on the cover. You can look that up. That's a real fact. Best football game. On NFL 2K5, great football game. Um, wearing that Eagles jersey on the cover. NFL 2K5, I pretty much exclusively used the New England Patriots, and so I started cheering for the New England Patriots because of NFL 2K5. So was using the Patriots in that game sort of akin to using the uh, Golden State Warriors circa 2016 to 2019 in 2K? I I don't think I would say it was akin to that because on that game, um, every quarterback was pretty good. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So honestly, I think the Raiders were better on that game. Rich Gannon was like a ninety-three overall quarterback, mm-hmm. and yeah, there were there were a ton of good quarterbacks. So Peyton Manning was like a ninety-eight, something like that. But there were a lot of overpowered quarterbacks, and pretty much every team had one good wide receiver. And that's honestly the Patriots were slightly less off there because Troy Brown wasn't rated as high as some of the other top wide mm. receivers in the league, and they had no running backs that were any good. You had Keith Falk. That sounds a lot like the Patriots of today. Um, no good running backs ever. <laughs> but we'll Maybe get into you're that wrong. Um, later. Maybe you're really wrong. <laughs> As a- uh, another question you asked was, what gives me the right to be a fantasy football podcast yeah. host? Um, I own a podcasting microphone 
and that's pretty much all yeah, you need. Yeah, that is not easy to do these days. People just think, oh, I could host a fantasy podcast. Well, it takes a certain type of person to buy a podcasting mic. Where's your mic, bud? Yeah, where's your mic? You think you can be a fantasy podcaster? Where's your microphone? It takes a Get out of here. certain Get level of, of person to be able to buy a podcasting microphone from Amazon, <laughs> which is what I did. Sure um, does. But we got ours for Christmas. Hey, there you go. Whatever works. Um, as I said at the top, I'm Drew Wade. If you have listened to any of next season sports media's other podcasts, aka NFLs or the Good NBA podcast, you know I'm an avid Philadelphia sports fan. Um, so my Eagles bias will most certainly shine through at times on this show. So just be prepared for that. Um, I'll try to keep that in check, but it it's just not something I've historically been good at doing. So um, be prepared for that. But I am excited to talk fantasy. Um, as as it goes, we are currently in two leagues together. Well, we're in one dynasty league together, the Wade Dynasty, that I am the commissioner of, heading into year two of that league. And we are also heading into year two of the Canto League, which is a redraft league commissioned by fellow next season sports media member Jacob Wilkinson, who will certainly be a, a guest on a absolutely in the near future. But um yeah. That is us. That is who's going to be giving you this lovely fantasy knowledge going forward. So just uh, make sure to tune into every episode if you're hoping to win your leagues because I'm going to win all of my leagues. Uh, Cameron, unfortunately, is in two of those, so he won't win all. But... Oh, that's Mike's fan. <laughs> that was definitely intentional. Um, but on the docket for today, uh, just... Wanted to give an intro episode, so we're going to be giving our top 10 players headed into the 2022 season. Um, I was doing this as uh, PPR rankings because I that's the format I play in the most often. I was as well. Great. So if you're not looking for PPR, get out of here or stay. Just <laughs> off the pot. No, you can please, please Actually, stay listening to this yeah. podcast. We need people to don't listen to this podcast. Need that retention. If you don't play PPR, we like you still. Yeah, I, I guess podcast. we'll. I'll give some points for for standard or half PPR as they come up. But um, yeah. So let's get into this. You want to? I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you want to go one to ten or ten to one for our top ten ranking? Go ten to 10 one. Ten to one. All right. Well, I get to start off with a player that I was the only one that had this player in our top ten, but he still made it into the consensus top ten because of how highly I had him ranked. And that is one Aaron Jones running back for Mac the Jones. Mac Jones running back quarterback for the New England Patriots. No, Aaron Jones of the uh, Green Bay Packers. This is a player that I just recently traded for as part of a win now move in our dynasty league. Um, do you remember who I traded with? Oh, that was you. Uh, it was it was me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I traded you J.K. Dobbins and a twenty twenty four for first for Aaron Jones and a mm-hmm. 2024 second. So, uh, like I said, big win now move for me. Um I'm really into Aaron Jones this year. I'm going to get a little more into that later, but I have him ranked as my uh number 6 player overall. So, it tells you how high I am on him. What are your thoughts about Aaron Jones making into our top 10? Uh I think obviously he's a really good running back and a great fantasy asset. I think uh, what held him out for me is just the uncertainty of having him AJ and AJ Dillon, Dillon on the same course, roster. Yeah. 
So it's it's something every everybody who isn't high on Aaron Jones is going to use that as a reason not to be high on Aaron Jones. Um, he's I think he's still probably going to be a top ten running back. The spoiler: our top ten is not all running backs. We've got a few wide receivers cracking oh, the yeah. top ten. Um, but I Jones is still going to be a really valuable running back. I just think AJ Dillon shaves off enough of those points that would be coming his way to where maybe not a top 10 overall. Yep. That's a valid argument. And like I said, I'm going to talk more about Aaron Jones later. Uh, Hopefully by the end of that, I'll have convinced you and some other people why he belongs in the top 10. So uh, I would love to be convinced. Moving on, from, or would you? Because you just traded him away, so maybe that would hurt more. But uh, moving on. <laughs> It'd probably be more upsetting than anything. Moving on at number nine here, we have uh, your version of Aaron Jones. You were the only person that had this guy in your top ten. Devontae Adams at number nine. Uh, you, yes, sir. You had him as your overall fifth? Yeah, your fifth overall yeah, player. Five. So. Sell me and the people on Devontae Adams this year. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Devontae Adams is making pretty much a lateral move at quarterback. <laughs> We're starting off this season in defense Hold on. Hold of on. Derek Carr. That's not what you said to me. Uh, what did I say to you? You said to me that Devontae Adams was getting an upgrade at the quarterback position. He is getting an upgrade at the quarterback position. Drew is correct. Gotta, Those are his words. No, no, no. I, I, you gotta, I gotta put Derek you Carr. on the open here. I did say he's getting an upgrade at the quarterback position. No disrespect to Aaron Rodgers. All the respect goes to Derek Carr, who is and has always been since he entered the league one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. People love to hate on him. People love to slander him. I love to stand up and say you're dead wrong. This kid's got talent. He's got an arm. Uh, Robbed of an MVP season in 2016, like clearly the most valuable player in the nfl in 26 like it boggles my mind that Derek carr was not chosen as the 2016 mvp like had the raiders in the conversation like they made the playoffs and they were like people were like this team could win the super bowl that was the year that and then he yeah, broke his he broke his leg he broke his leg mm-hmm. last week of the season and then they looked like a team that didn't belong in the playoffs like they should have been competing for the number one overall pick yeah. But with Derek Carr, they were like Super Bowl dark horse. And he's still got that talent. Last year was a down year for him in terms of touchdowns um, and touchdown percentages. But he threw the ceiling, threw the roof with his passing yards. And uh, I think moving from Rodgers to Carr, we're not going to see a downtick at all from Devontae Adams. I think he's going to be even more dangerous, even more of a weapon. You saw what Derek Carr did with Hunter Renfro. Like... Carr was putting up a monster season with wide receivers that are like, no, and no disrespect to Hunter Renfro, because he's a good player, but he's not Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. You know, he's not in the conversation with Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson, the rest of these guys that are considered across the board elite wide receivers. Like, he's just not up there. And Hunter Renfro still had a great fantasy season. I, I'm excited to see what Carr and Adams do when they link up together. Going to be explosive, and that is why Devontae Adams is my number five fantasy player. Hey, that's a good argument, and uh, I can't say I'm too upset with that. I mean, this has been probably the best wide receiver on the planet for the past couple years, so I think he's going to be able to get it done with Derek Carr. Um, I'm a little worried about a drop off in production just because I think Carr is going to have some other options to throw to, like you mentioned, Hunter Renfro. Mm -hmm. He obviously likes to target him a lot. Uh, they have right. one of the best tight ends in the league, Darren Waller. So I'm just wondering if he's going to be able to command the same, you know, target share 
as he did in Green Bay, but yeah, right. he, the talent is all still there, and dude should still score, you know, most of the receiving touchdowns for this team, so. Right, and it might be a little hyperbolic to say Carr is better than Rodgers. <laughs> Just a little bit. But they're in, they, <laughs> they need to be in the same conversation, I think. So um, you and Nick Wright will not get along very well. Nick Wright said recently that Derek Carr is without a doubt the, oh, sorry, without question, that was in quotes, fourth best quarterback in the NFC West. Uh, what do you think about that? That's, who's the Broncos quarterback? Russell, Russell Wilson? Wilson? Russell Wilson's easily the next shelf below Carr, Herbert, and Mahomes. Mm. Interesting. I, I'd say I'd say Carr and Herbert are very similar. I'd put Carr above Herbert still early in Herbert's career. Ooh, I'd, we I'd haven't even got to the hot Carr, takes yet, but that's there. not even a hot take. I think it is for consensus. If you ask most people, I think that'd be a hot take. Um, Just look at the numbers, man. Let's look at. Glad you brought up the numbers. I've got the best. <laughs> I've got the best fantasy finish here for each quarterback in the NFC West. Russell Wilson was the number one overall fantasy quarterback in 2017. He was number three overall in uh, 2014-2015, I believe. Mahomes finished number one overall in 2018. That year he had like 55 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Uh, Justin Herbert, last year, was the number two overall fantasy quarterback in his second year in the NFL. Derek Carr, his best year was in 2016. But that year, he was the fancy QB 10. So only, only one of these guys to not finish in the top two uh, at fantasy quarterback. So what do you have to say about that? What do I have to say about that? Uh, <laughs> this is a fantasy podcast, so I can't defend him. <laughs> I can't really defend him at all, can I? I'm talking uh, the intangible numbers. Uh, the, the numbers yeah. you can't see. He's a champion. Now, in life. terms of playing, <laughs> in terms of playing the position of quarterback, mm. I think Derek Carr is the second best quarterback in this division. Fantasy numbers, I'm going to look like a fool trying to argue that, <laughs> uh, because I do look like a fool right now, and I feel embarrassed. I feel <laughs> hey. like you guys are probably going to turn off the podcast because of me. No, I think it's good that you establish your <laughs> Derek Carr love early on, because that is just such a huge part of who you are as a football fan. So. Uh, people need to know. Hey, um, Got to back up my boys in Oakland or Las Vegas, wherever the heck they play this. Wherever, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They're the Oakland Raiders. They are. They just the their Raiders. stadium just happens to be uh, in Las Vegas. But moving on yeah. to number eight, um, whoever put this list into our chat put Cooks, so I can only assume that is Brandon Cooks. Um, but no, it it should be <laughs> gotta be it should be should be Dalvin Cook at number eight. Um, drafted pretty much number two overall in every single league last year. So a mm. big dip for us in our consensus rankings. And that's not too uncommon. I think his ADP has him around seven or eight right now. So yeah, pretty close on that. Um, but head coaching change, he should be seeing, he, there's a good chance he's going to be seeing less carries, but he could be getting more work in the passing game. So uh, I'm not mm. out on, on Dalvin cook. I think I'd be more than happy to start with him as my, RB1 if I was in like the sixth position, but there's definitely players I would rather have uh, with my first round pick than Dalvin Cook this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I don't know, it's one of those things, I think more so than some of the other, you know, high point volume running backs, Dalvin Cook in the past has had season numbers inflated with like a couple of 60 or 50 point weeks. Right. 
followed up by a few like nine to ten, which is still like you'd want that out of your flex running back, not necessarily your RB one. Mm-hmm. But those fifty and sixty point weeks are massive when you need them, but frustrating when you need like twenty out of your starting running back and he gives you eleven. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see what this new coaching regime is going to bring for Dalvin Cook's value. Um, but moving on to number seven, we have a the second year running back in Pittsburgh, Najee Harris, finished as the RB. <laughs> I'm sorry, my camera's just making a face into the camera. <laughs> I could not hold my computer. Got him. That was pretty sick. Um, but uh, he finished as the RB four in half PPR and RB three in full point perception last year as a rookie. Now, uh. I would say, and a lot of people would say, a lot of that is because Ben Roethlisberger could not throw the football more than five yards down the field. So uh, Najee Harris was certainly a beneficiary of that. And um, I think we can expect to see his target numbers drop off this year, but uh, he's still the clear-cut running back one in Pittsburgh. And we Mm -hmm. know Mike Tomlin loves to lean on one running back. Um, Their backup is still Benny Snell. So not really threatening to take any touches away from Najee Harris. Uh, how are yeah. you viewing him going into this I think, year? I think Jerome Bettis has a better chance of taking touches from Najee Harris than <laughs> Benny Snell. Certainly, <laughs> especially Mike Tomlin coaching. I feel like uh, Jerome Bettis would just somehow make it onto this roster. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I actually was the lowest on Najee. I had him as my ninth overall player. You and Shady both had him at number seven so um yeah i was one so this is again this is pretty close to where his uh, adp is now he might be even going a little later than this i was wondering earlier in the offseason if he was going too high because i think i was overrating just how mm. much his target numbers would go down because ben roethlisberger isn't there anymore but um if you take a look at the last year not the last year, but in 2019, when Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, I'm assuming he's going to win the starting position in Pittsburgh this yeah, year. Yeah, I am too. Um, Tariq Cohen, that was one of the years that he was going off. He received 109 targets for Mitch Trubisky in that year. So Mitch Trubisky isn't someone who's averse to throwing it to the running back. Uh, in those mm-hmm. in three seasons with Mitch Trubisky, are averaged 88.7 targets a year. 511 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. So uh, I think Najee is still a smash hit in the first round. And I think um, maybe we see the targets dwindle just a little bit because of, you know, the change in quarterback and the other weapons in the offense. But Najee should still be, you know, top 10 easy. Absolutely. And he's got the, the talent to make those big breakout plays as well that, like I was talking about earlier, lead to those outlier games with the insane amount of points but he's also going to have the volume to where it won't matter if he doesn't have one of those breakout plays he'll still get you know 35 touches and end up with 100 yards from scrimmage and a couple touchdowns yep exactly so Najee Harris at number seven for us moving on to number six this one uh may be a little controversial just because of how highly the rest of the community seems to be ranking him going this year for good reason Cooper Cup uh, he's at number six for us. Uh, other places, you might see him as high as three or four. Uh, of course, you know, it's the incredible season he had last year, winning the Triple Crown. Um, I think mm-hmm. the only two other receivers to ever do that were Jerry Rice and Randy Moss. So 
pretty Craig, look that pretty, up. <laughs> Craig, can we get the can we get a fact check on that? Thanks. Um but <laughs> yeah, pretty impressive company to be in. He obviously has that mind meld with Matthew Stafford and I don't really see a reason that he isn't a again a smash hit in the first round here, but I do expect a little bit of regression just because of you know other additions to the offense and you can't expect mm. somebody to keep up uh, that kind of pace year in and year out so um let me actually check where uh, we had him ranked individually because i'm not actually sure i had him at eight i think mm, yeah so I th- that sounds like the lowest out of the three of us uh, <laughs> but um so what um what has you for what reason do you have him down that low yeah you had him at eight and uh, it looks like Shady and I both had him at number five. Yeah, I I think to me the difference really is how much I valued Devontae Adams mm. versus Cooper gotcha. Cup. Yeah, because um, yeah, the rest of them, with the exception of one other player, the rest of the guys I had above them are running backs. Um, which in general, I just fit, personally I just value a running back more than wide receiver. You know, I, I think I put like my top three wideouts in the top ten. The rest are running backs. So I, I still think he'll have a great year. I don't think it's going to be on the same level as last year. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say that either because last year was just insane in terms of what he did and what he did with Matthew Stafford. And it's probably probably trite, probably a bit cliche to say this, but I think other teams around this league are going to find a way just to chip away at that production a little bit. Like the, the rest of the league's not going to let him run all over him like they did this past year. And maybe that means more good things for the other Rams wide receivers. And maybe he'll prove me wrong and just pop off again. But all right. So we got the fact check from Craig. I was only a little bit, right? Jerry Rice did win the triple <laughs> crown, uh, back in 1990, Sterling Sharp. Sharp in 1992. And then Steve Smith senior, uh, with the Carolina Panthers in 2005. Mm. So one out of who was quarterback for him that year. Oh, five. I have no idea. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I honestly can't say. That's is that Jake, Jake DeLome? DeLome is the that, name that comes to mind, but could that's have, that's what came to my mind. Could it really? Could Jake DeLome really have supported a a triple crown wide receiver? Um, Quarterback Jake DeLome. Wow, he was a Pro Bowler that year. Incredible, you know. And Nick Foles beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So crazier things have happened. Um. <laughs> You shut up. <laughs> but yeah. no, you, you feel free to gloat about oh, that at any time. I'll take every chance I get. Moving on to number five, we have the guy who finished as the RB2 last year. It, that is Austin Eckler. Scored a total of 20 touchdowns in 2021. Uh, 12 on the ground, 8 in the passing game, I believe. Um, getting up there in age, I think he's going to be 27 going to this year, which you know, for a running back, that's basically 45. But yeah, Social Security's about to kick in. Yeah, yeah he's gonna be, he's getting AARP magazines in the mail by now. But really, Austin Austin Eckler is just uh, an incredible talent, and he's linked to a great offense. Who should be they should be great again this year uh, with the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Chargers. I think that he's pr- he's another guy who's pretty safe with um, you know not losing out on touches. I think the coaching staff has said they maybe are gonna not just rely on him so much just because you know <laughs> that's not very sustainable yeah. but probably a good idea probably a good idea but um i think he's still a lock for you know 
uh, 80 plus targets. So yeah, he, he's an excellent pick for a PPR league. I'm just I would just worry about him taking you know taking him in the first five picks personally, just because of uh, touchdown regression. I don't think he'll score 20 touchdowns again, but that's mm-hmm. just me. How do you feel? Yeah, I think you're probably spot on with the touchdown. Uh, scoring 20, you know, there's only 17 games in a season, so that's a little bit more than one a week, um, which is not unsustainable, but that is that's a good number. Yeah. 20 is a really good number to hit. Um, I think the rest of the league has kind of been slow to, to pick up on Austin Eckler. I had him going early in the first round last year after he had a pretty good year uh, two years ago. And I, I had him higher than a lot of other people did. Mm-hmm. And he did, he did have a really good year last year. He said RB3. And I think the thing that um, keeps him from being higher on my running back list is honestly the fact that some of the guys I have above him weren't healthy last mm. year. Yeah, so. that definitely makes sense. Um, yep, that's Austin Eckler, number five for us. Moving on, number four. This guy was on just an unheard of pace the first eight or nine weeks of the season last year before he suffered a foot injury that caused him to miss most of the rest of the year. I think he actually came back in week 18 and then in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans, um, unlike pretty much any other running back in the league right now, uh, just the question going into this year is, can he keep up the pace coming off that injury? And what do you think about that? I think he's still going to be great. Like I still think he's got all the talent in the world to rush for over 2,000 yards if the Titans choose to use him that way. And I think that's the big thing. Like That was the big criticism of them all last year. You know, The crazy amount of carries he had going up until that injury was the big thing that everybody was pointing at. Like, And obviously, we're not NFL coaches. We're not NFL trainers. We don't know what these guys' bodies are capable of. But I think, you know... If the Titans try to manage that workload a little different, maybe give him a few fewer touches, you know, I think he'll still have the fantasy production, but without the huge risk of that injury coming up and ending his season again, I think he's going to be the same running back we're used to seeing. Like, I think it's going to be King Henry again. I don't have any, any doubts about that whatsoever, but I do see him dropping maybe one or two points or one or two places out of this top 10, you know, instead of being in, in the top three, we've got him at four. I think that's fair. Because I do think that workload is going to tick down a little bit. And the production will still be there. It's just he's not going to have as many touches. Yeah, definitely. And just to give some context, uh, Derrick Henry finishes the RB14 last year. And he only played eight games. So yeah, he's unheard of pace, like I said. um, 175 points through those eight games. So he was on pace for over 350. Just an incredible season that was derailed for King Henry and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. he'll get to play this whole season healthy and uh, Titans are certainly hoping so too because they are definitely not the same team without him so yeah. moving on to number three our highest ranked wide receiver third year wide receiver in Minnesota Dustin Jefferson somebody that I am really happy to have on my dynasty squad He's so he good. is just incredible Um, every time a statistic is pulled of him. He's like, nobody's done this since Randy Moss. So he just is the second coming of Randy Moss. He he plays on the Vikings. He's incredible. He's unstoppable. Um, his Patriots are going to get him soon. That means, Let's go. It means 
Tom Brady's going to throw a ton of touchdowns to him in a season in the very near future. Um, but Justin Jefferson, our number one ranked wide receiver, number three overall. If you were in a PPR draft, how high do you think you would take? What's the highest you think you would take Justin Jefferson? Uh, I think I th- I'd probably take him with the fourth overall yep. pick. I don't. I think one, two, or three for me is still going to be a running back. Yep. But I think I'd get a fourth overall. I'd feel pretty safe taking Justin Jefferson right there. Yeah, generally I feel I have felt the same way in the first round. It's like almost strictly running back for me this year. I think I'm changing up a little bit and warming up to the idea of taking mm-hmm. a wide receiver, and especially in a PPR league. Justin Jefferson's going to get so many targets, and just in a, <laughs> so in a PPR league, that kind that's what puts him over Derrick Henry for me. I have Justin Jefferson ranked at number three. I think that. You have him at four, just under Derrick Henry. So, yeah, um, I had Henry at four. So very close, those two players for me. But just the sheer amount, just, and the fact that he's been doing this with old man Mike Zimmer as his head coach now is, and um, Kevin O'Connell, former offensive coordinator for the Rams, is the new head coach of the Vikings. Just uh, mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting visions of him having a Cooper cup season. Uh, and you know, that'd be great for my dynasty team. That'd be great for everybody who's invested in Justin Jefferson, but see if that comes to be. I certainly hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I started talking for a second. My mic was. Muted. Oh. <laughs> All good. Just echoing a lot of what you said. I think he's going to have, a really good year, and sadly for me, not having him in the Wade Dynasty will hurt Yeah, me. a little, uh, little peek into the, the startup draft that we had last year. I was fully planning. I think I had the seventh pick. This is a 10-team full PPR Dynasty League. I think I had the seventh overall pick, and I was fully planning on taking Patrick Mahomes. I was like, I'm just going to lock down my quarterback position for the next 10 years, whatever. He got taken the pick before me, and I was... On tilt at the time, I was very upset because I had thought there was no way anybody else would take him in the first round. But worked out to my benefit because Justin Jefferson has proved to be an invaluable resource for my team. So mm-hmm. we got it too, Drew. Number two, we have who is the consensus number one in most places. Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts is number two mm-hmm. for us. Uh, you had him at number one. Shady and I both have him sure at did. number two. So we could look like the fools going to this year, but make your make your case for Jonathan Taylor, which I'm sure will be very hard to do. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot going for this guy. I just kind of threw him up there. Now, Jonathan Taylor, I think of the running backs in the NFL right now, you know, I'm looking at everybody. I'm not excluding Derrick Henry with the eight game season last year not excluding McCaffrey with the injuries he had last year. I think Jonathan Taylor is legitimately the best running back in the NFL right now. Um, I think, you know, he had an uptick of production towards, you know, eight or nine games in last season. I think that's just going to carry through for the whole season. I think we're going to see 2,000 yards out of him this year. I really do, especially with the 17th game. You know, the second year having that, I think Taylor's going to break 2,000 this year. He's going to get a ridiculous amount of touchdowns on that Indianapolis Colts team. He's going to, I mean, he's 
We saw it last year. He's their workhorse. He's the guy they go to whenever they need a big play, whenever they need a score. The ball is going to be in Jonathan Taylor's hands in the big moments in the game, uh, which translates well to fantasy if you're the kind of player that Jonathan Taylor is. And I think it's I think it's reasonable to you know go back and forth Jonathan Taylor or CMC because McCaffrey's shown he's the same kind of player. Um, but I do think the Colts offense gives him a little bit of edge as compared to playing in Carolina. You know, I think I think the Colts will just score more points in general. Yeah, uh, hard to argue with that. Uh, before I give my thoughts on Jonathan Taylor, I want to amend something I said earlier. When I said Derrick Henry was the running back 14, that was in standard scoring. Uh, PPR, he was 22. But still, um, pretty impressive yeah. to be in. Definitely, definitely a running guy, not necessarily a pass yeah. catching back, Henry. And but. I think that translates uh, a little well into what I want to say about Jonathan Taylor. He obviously catches more passes than Derrick Henry. Uh, he had 40 receptions last year. But I think just as part of, um, you know, talking about this from a PPR standpoint, I think is why I have him at two instead of at one. And Yeah, that's that's fair. And I think that uptick in production we saw from him last year sort of coincided with when the Colts realized that, hey, maybe Carson Wentz uh, isn't the long-term answer quarterback for us. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't put the games in this guy's hands. Um, I think they're going to get better quarterback play for Matt Ryan this year. Maybe not as high of highs, but certainly more consistent play. And that's my fear a little bit. And why uh, another reason I don't have him at number one uh, is just maybe they feel they won't have to rely on Jonathan Taylor so much. And uh, Matt Ryan will do a better job manning their passing offense. But, I mean, I have him at number two still for a reason. This guy's going to be incredible. And Still super young, still has a lot of years of dominance ahead of him. Um, hey, just real quick, a stat for you. Matt Ryan versus Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan threw to Cordero Patterson and Mike Davis 127 times. Wentz threw to Taylor and Hines 108 times. Oh, So maybe Ryan will throw to him even more. There you go. Yeah, uh, could be. Could be. And then I'll be eating my words for not having him at number one. But... Let's get into the player I do have at number one. Shady also has him at number one, making him our consensus number one fantasy player for 2022. Christian McCaffrey. And the question for you is, for everyone listening, is are you willing to take the chance on Christian McCaffrey? Because if you have been the last two years, you've been burned because this guy has been injured and injured and injured and just missed a ton of time. Um, But... I just think that just the upside that he has makes it all worth it because this guy is, it's been said in other places that he's like starting a running back and a wide receiver in one player. The the versatility he has on the field, the, mm-hmm. the number of targets he commands. And I think that if he plays a full season healthy, I think there's almost, and he's still the same player, there's almost no way he's not the number one overall player in fantasy this year now yeah i i think you make a really good point with that skill set he's got i mean he has the potential to outscore you know the rb2 by like 50 points yeah you know just the crazy production we see from him when he's healthy um if you're asking me if i'm willing to take the number one pick on him i don't think i am Mm. i think personally if i've got if i've got the number one overall pick i'm going taylor and then Assuming it's a snake draft, I've got two picks in a row after that where I can go get another running back and a wide receiver um, at pretty high value still. So I don't know if you're if you're wanting to take a risk, it's a good risk to take because the upside is massive with McCaffrey's skill set. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And just I had him on my team in in one of my leagues in I think in twenty nineteen, whatever the last year was, he played a full healthy season. He just yeah. won me so many games that year. And uh Shady brought up an interesting stat. Uh in that year, he was number two overall in the league in receptions behind only Michael Thomas. Which is crazy. Which, that was the year that Michael Thomas broke the reception record. So any yeah. other year, he might have been fighting for number one overall in number of receptions from the running back position. So, uh, dude is incredible, and uh, I'm in, I've got the number two pick in one of my drafts this year, and I am just ecstatic about the the prospect of taking him because I'm assuming the other guy is going to take Jonathan Taylor, and if he doesn't, well, that yeah. then I got Jonathan Taylor, so that's a really good place <laughs> to be. I was, I'm in the same boat, and in a league I've just joined, it's a league that's been going for like. 15, 20 years, oh, wow. and a spot opened up, and I got invited in, and I got the number two pick this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm salivating at the opportunity to take one of those guys as my first yeah. year in the league. We should just we should um, get together and just draft the exact same team. We should be pretty fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was our top ten rankings going into twenty twenty two, and. Uh, they're almost certainly correct. Like, there's no, I can't see any way that this isn't the 100% correct order that these players finish in terms of fantasy. Yeah, games. I would be, I'd be shocked if our prognosticating isn't completely accurate. Absolutely. Prognostication and all. Um, <laughs> let's move into some hot takes before we get out of here. Uh, I'll let you go first. Hit us with your first fantasy football hot take for 2022. My first fantasy football hot take is a homer hot take. Of course, course. there's no other way to do hot takes. (laughs) You got to do one homer hot take. Uh, Mac Jones, McCorkle himself, is currently sitting at QB 22 uh, and a lot of ADPs. I have got him. My hot take is he will be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Mac Jones, top 10 fantasy quarterback. If you look at the numbers, his rookie season was extremely similar to Justin Herbert's rookie season. Who drew? Do you do you remember where Justin Herbert finished last year? I, I do. I brought it up earlier. He finished at number two last year. QB two. QB two. I think Mac Jones is going to make a big jump. Um, Belichick has been extremely high on him during training camp, during the press conferences. He's only talked about uh, how good and how much better uh, he's gotten than last year. And last year, he was a very, very serviceable rookie quarterback. Uh, made it into the Pro Bowl even. He's a he's got all the talent to be a great great QB in this NFL, and he's added some weapons in the wide receiving core with Devontae Parker. They've got Tyquan Thornton pretty late in the draft, who by all accounts from the Patriots training camp is going to be a big part of this offense. He's got we already knew he had incredible speed. He had the fastest forty time at the combine, I believe. And at camp, he is not dropping anything. He's been a solid target for Jones to utilize. I think he's got the weapons. He's got the feet if he needs to use them. Not many people realize this. Mac Jones ran a faster 40 than Josh Allen. He doesn't typically play a very mobile quarterback type of play, um, but he can move if he needs to. I think Jones, top 10 fantasy quarterback. What do you got, Drew? That just blew my mind when you said he ran a faster 40 than Josh Allen. That just does not compute in my it's, head. It's like a hundredth of a second okay, faster. But still, I just I just think of that picture of Mac Jones in the Alabama locker room, the cigar and the third off. <laughs> the cigar. <laughs> I think of Josh Allen, just the absolute beast of a man. But, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Um, but I expect nothing less from you opening up with a Mac Jones hot take. I love it. Um, 
Tyquan Thornton looks like he it. could be like an absolute steal for them in the draft, which is crazy yeah. because you guys never hit on your wide receiver draft picks. No, we don't. I, I'm I'm hesitant to say he's going to be great because I I just have to look over at Nikhil Harry and be like, easy can. Hey, that's don't speak ill of the wide receiver two in Chicago. Nikhil Harry <laughs> is inc- actually he has a high ankle sprain. Uh, he's gonna be hey, can pain. we can we talk about the fact that we got a draft pick out of him? That's more than you could ever. We got a sixth round pick from the Bears. Dreamed of that. Just I think that speaks a little bit to the the state of the Bears at the moment. Not not a team that I would want to be putting my name with. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Okay, so Mac ten, Mac Mac ten. Okay, Mac Jones. Mac ten, top ten. Mac ten, top ten. He wears number ten. Obviously, yeah. That's why I said that as intentional. Was intentional. So I wasn't just fumbling over my words. Let me get into my first hot take of the year so there's been a lot of talk about who's going to be playing quarterback this year for the pittsburgh steelers i think it's pretty clear that it's going to be mitchell trubisky um i don't think kenny pickett's going to be ready he had one good year in college and that was when he was a fifth year senior playing with a bunch of people younger than him so i wouldn't exactly you know be lording it over anyone if i went and dominated some high school seniors in whatever <laughs> but um but in all seriousness i think mitch trubisky is easily going to win this job and i think mitch trubisky is going to be a top 12 quarterback i just want to say he's going to mm. finish as a qb1 so let's look at mitch's best fantasy finish so far that came in 2018 i believe that was the year that the bears went 12 and 4 and lost to the eagles in playoffs in the double doink game but in that year he finished as the qb 15 and his obviously his best wide receiver was Allen robinson who is a great talent Mm -hmm. but after that his wide receiver two that season was taylor gabriel who had almost 100 targets that year and then played one or two more years and then was out of the nfl his third most targets that year was Tariq cohen in the running back position so didn't exactly have a lot to work with in that offense. And I think that this situation is going to be a lot better for him. He's got Deontay Johnson, who has shown he can be a top 12 wide receiver in the NFL. He's got Chase Claypool, who mm-hmm. has all the potential in the world if he can just put the boneheaded plays aside. And he's got <laughs> Najee Harris, obviously one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. And on top of that, he's not a bad runner himself, He, which is something that... Uh, we as fantasy players are always looking for uh, in the quarterback position just because that adds so much fantasy value to your team. Um, he In that year where he finished as a QB 15, he had 421 rushing yards and three touchdowns on 6.2 yards per attempt. So, like I said, not a bad rusher himself, and I think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback this year uh, playing under Mike Tomlin. I like it. Um, I think it's... A decent level of spiciness just considering that the you know a lot of the league believes that there is a QB battle with Pickett and Trubisky I do agree I think he's gonna win that battle I I picked him up in our dynasty league Mm. as soon as the Steelers signed him I was like well I I want that guy I had gotten on that before you so I'm hopeful ah top 12 would be that would make me very happy as someone who already has Mahomes on his roster having Trubisky to swap in and out if I need to Uh, I'm hopeful I don't know if I'm quite as high on that, though. 
Hey, they're called hot takes for a reason. You know what I'm saying? All right. Bye yeah, I, it would be it'd be a tough hot take episode if we just sat here and agreeing with each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's a good thought. <laughs> um, and let me just give the one that I know that Shady had. Um, his hot take was that T. Higgins is going to finish as the wide receiver one in uh, Cincinnati over Jamar Chase. So, yeah. This is one that I almost had on my list as a hot take to throw out there. <laughs> um, but then I was like, that's ridiculous. Jamar Chase is going to dominate again. Yeah, I sure hope so. I was thinking um, about, I have Jamar Chase in our Dynasty League as well. Uh, you might say, wow, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. How do you do it? Well, uh, I'm just the best. But just... Um, <laughs> Jamar Chase... I thought about trading him away for a top-tier running back and then trying to make another move to trade for T. Higgins because I think T. Higgins is a phenomenal talent. He's a, a young stud, only 23 years old, and he's going to command a big target share. But Jamar Chase is just such a dominant specimen, and um, I can't say I agree with this hot take, but again, that's why they're called hot takes. Uh, do you want to go ahead and give your next one? Yeah, my next one is that Brees Hall, rookie running back for the New York Jets, is RB five this year. Wow, a lot of projections. A lot of projections have him around the twenty, twenty three kind of area, uh, but I think he has got the tools to come in, and the Jets have the inept offense to come in and need him to take every touch he can get. I think um, you know any any sort of fantasy take. I think has this condition so long as he stays healthy right of course i think hall hall is going to put up some insane numbers playing for the jets because they're going to need him to just carry the ball every single down or throw to him every single down i think he's gonna he's gonna have a rookie year similar to Najee's last year and i think he's gonna crack top five in running backs if that's the case then you should definitely be scooping him up in every draft because i believe his adp has him in the fourth round mid to late fourth round at the moment mm -hmm. so incredible value if he does end up uh, meeting this hot take my worry for that for Brees Hall is that um, they do have some good pieces in their passing offense now they drafted another first round wide receiver Garrett Wilson mm -hmm. they've got Elijah Moore from last year um, and I, I fear that Michael Carter the second year running back could take away some of the receiving downs from Brees Hall um, I hope so because I just traded for Michael Carter before the draft, but um, we'll see what happens there. But that's spicy. I like it. Um, and oh yeah, just remember that you're also the Brees Hall manager in our yep. <laughs> still a homer pick. <laughs> awesome. Even though I hate the Jets, it's still a bit of a homer pick. That's awesome. All right, uh, let me get into my next hot take here. I mentioned that I would talk about Aaron Jones more um, later in the episode, and here we are. So. This is my last hot take, and it's definitely hotter than the first one, I think. So, Aaron Jones, while sharing a backfield with A.J. Dillon, will finish as the RB1 this year. Whoa. RB1, you say? How is that possible? Well, RB1? Let's talk RB1 Kenobi? RB1 Kenobi. <laughs> RBs, we have the meats, Kenobi. Um, <laughs> hmm. RB1 Aaron Jones. So this is how it's going to happen. Obviously, Packers no longer have Devontae Adams, who is Aaron Rodgers' right. favorite target. If you go back and watch the repugnant uh, Packers offense in that divisional game against the 49ers last season, 
Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams were pretty much the only guys that Rodgers was trusting or the team in general was trusting to make anything happen. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron, so with Devontae Adams leaving, that and just also Marquez Valdez Scantling leaving, the Packers are having 43.5% of their targets vacated. So 43.5% of Aaron Rodgers' targets from last year are no longer on the team. And I think Aaron Jones is going to be a huge beneficiary of that. Let me talk about specifically when he has, when he's played games without Adams in his career. It's happened eight times since they were on the team together. He gets 2.6 more targets per game. So in PPR, that is going to be a huge boost. Mm-hmm. And he has 31.1 receiving yards per game more without Adams. So just, just the receiving workload is going to skyrocket with these vacated targets from Devontae Adams leaving. And lastly, Devontae Adams had 27 red zone targets last year, uh, third most in the NFL. Um, I think Aaron Jones is going to get a bunch of those. Aaron Rodgers loves to throw those little wheels and swing passes to Aaron Mm -hmm. Jones in the red zone. So I think that's going to up his touchdown numbers. He's going to up his reception numbers, and he's going to get a lot more work in the receiving game in general. So I think that is his path, finishing his RB1. Interesting. Interesting. That's a that's a quite the hot take because it is uh, a little bit outside of that player's control how that comes to be. True. I like it. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I've got a pretty similar one coming up. Oh boy. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm all done with my mine. my other hot take was um, for a lot of the same reasons you listed, Robert Tanyan is tight end one. Oh, dang it. No. I left tight him out end of the, one. I left him out of the equation on purpose here from my... Robert Tanyan. He uh did not play much last year. Um, but if you remember in 2020, he recorded eleven touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. So we we already know how Rodgers loves having that one guy on the team he trusts to throw to, whether that's Randall Cobb or Devontae Adams or this year, a guy named Robert Tanyan. Um, glad you talked about the target share that's coming in. That you know, forty-three percent of Rogers' throws last year were to Scantling and Adams, and with those guys gone, those targets need to go somewhere. They're going to go to Big Bobby Tanyan. Fourteen of Rogers' touchdowns left; those are going to Bobby Tanyan. Oh, Robert no. Tanyan, tight end one this year. He is going to be a steal. You can probably get him in like the tenth round. And he's, I, I really do think he's going to have a pretty monster fantasy season. He's going to take over a lot of those targets. Jones will get some of them, but I think Tanyan's going to be the ba- the main beneficiary. You know, he's going into his fifth or sixth season, I think. And he's just been working with Rodgers. And I think that uh, that repertoire is going to lead to some pretty special tight end fantasy numbers from this year. Hmm. I hope you're wrong because I want to see Aaron Jones get a lot of that work because of the <laughs> aforementioned trade that you and I took part in. Right. But. Right. That is a hot take. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, you probably get Bobby Tanyan later than the tenth round in most drafts from what I've seen in doing yeah. mocks and stuff. Um but speaking of getting people think, later in drafts, uh, go ahead. I was gonna switch gears. I was gonna say uh, just in our sleeper PPR scoring format, it's got Tanyan as tight end twenty six. So yeah, I, he's easily he might be able to pick him up that. as a free agent after the draft. Yeah. No kidding. I, I think he's easily going to outperform tight end 26. Um, uh, he was very touchdown dependent in that 2020 season when he caught 11 touchdowns. Right. But I think, you know, like you said, with Adams leaving, that leaves a lot of targets to be 
given to other people. So I think he can be getting some more work outside of just catching touchdowns. And that would certainly mm-hmm. boost his potential. Our tight end one, you're saying he's going to finish higher. And let me just let me just lay it out there in clear terms for everyone. Higher than Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, uh, <laughs> George Kittle, Darren Andrew Waller. Waller. <laughs> higher than all those guys. <laughs> Algie Crumpler. Algie Crumpler. Tony, Tony Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Of course, Antonio Gates. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz. Those are real names yeah. that he's going to be finishing you, higher. You, you think he's going to finish higher than Zach Ertz? Come on now. I don't know about that. Um, but yeah. that's a hot take. He I is. like that a lot. Um, I was just going to say, uh, speaking of getting people late in the draft, I said Mitch Trubisky, top 12 QB. He's not even getting drafted in most drafts. He's not going to get drafted. So, no. Yeah, you can no. take him with your last pick, or you can wait until after the draft and just pick him up as a free agent if you like want to take somebody who's going to miss a few games like if you want to draft deandre hopkins at some point stash him on your ir Mm -hmm. pick up mitch trubisky see how it goes um but yeah um anything else in the hot take realm for you for this episode i don't think so i don't want to make any hot takes about our dynasty league because That'll just end with even more egg on my face, but I thought about making it. Oh, man. I would, now I really want to hear. Just, yeah, just. just no, no, no. Okay, no. okay. No. The hot take was I'm going to go from last place to uh, top three. Mm, that, Which won't happen. I have a horrible time. I've got RB5 on my team. I was so. going to say, let me let me pull up your roster, read it for people, see, if, see what they had to say about that. But, hey. You got some good value for your players. You're you got some. You're well set for the future. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I I've, I pulled a Jake and just started shoveling draft picks into my team's locker. <laughs> yeah, so. just hoarding them like a dragon. Um, <laughs> I've uh, got like eight draft picks next year, something like that. Yeah, it's insane. Um, for those who don't know, which is everyone listening, unless you're in the fantasy league, <laughs> the way dynasty. Um. Our friend Jake Ramaker has he won the league in the inaugural inaugural year, and he also has convinced like everyone in the league to trade him their first round pick for 2023. He's got eight first round picks, and our rookie our taxi squad where we keep our rookies is only five deep. So he's gonna have some decisions to make after the draft next year. But uh, I've got seven first, or I've got I don't have seven first round picks, but I've got seven 2023 picks. Incredible! And then you've got multiple firsts in 2024. I know. Yeah, I've got I've got four firsts in 2024. <laughs> <That's> ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> I almost had the league's first round. Incredible, you guys and your hoarding draft picks. But um, yeah, so that'll do it for the first episode of Super Fantasy Bros. I hope you guys enjoyed the ride as much as I did. Hopefully, Cameron, you enjoyed yourself as well. It's been a good one. Been a good one. So be sure to hit us up, nssportsmedia at gmail.com. If you got any fantasy related questions you want us to talk about, got any hot takes you want us to put out there, um, just be sure to hit us up. You can follow me on Twitter at D underscore Wade97. You can follow Cameron on Twitter. No, you can't because he doesn't have a Twitter account. And I got an Instagram. You got an Instagram, <laughs> which is Cameron.read underscore. Cameron.read underscore. Don't misplace that underscore or you will die and you can follow me on twitter (laughs) with the same at uh d underscore wade 97 um so that'll do it for the pilot episode
it's been special. It's been good. I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. I think we're going to have a lot of fun recording this. Absolutely. Um, Craig is going to have a lot of fun looking up stats for us as the year goes on. Yeah. Um, okay. Can't wait to have Shady on the uh, Super Fantasy Bros. Well, I'll just wait till the three amigos are together to record. Yeah. It's be special. Um, but, Things are going to get wild. But until then, uh, I am Drew Wade. For Cameron Reed and the absent Shady Abood, we will see you next time.